Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. I, for me, um, and I'm and I'm sure this is the case with you. Obviously, at Right Way, you have dealt. You're, you know, you're a specialist in in the the nonfiction book proposal, and that's those are the clients that you predominantly dealt with. I have more dealt with the 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 fiction manuscript clients, but for both on both sides, it doesn't matter the format. Doesn't matter. Um, and it doesn't matter also how many times we set the stage in the onboarding process. I think a combination of a total misunderstanding of the gears and machinations of the publishing industry combined with a radical uh, kind of insane set of expectations that clients have are are the reason are like the main reason that I am kind of at 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 burn. Oh, and and you know, I'm sure people are kind of rolling their eyes because we've talked about this at length, but this really applies to anyone in a client facing or services based business where, you know, in my experience, I've never talked to anyone who runs a business where clients, you know, are responsible for bringing in revenue where they're just not like, oh my God, how do I get out of client work? And this isn't saying that the clients are bad or they're bad people. In fact, that I I love what has come into right way, the books that have come into right way, the people that have come into right way, and that we've had the pleasure and privilege of working on their material. But like you said, No matter how many phone calls we take, how many times I explain how the publishing process works, how to pick your path to publication, what is going to happen from A to B to C, all the way to Z, all the way through, I feel like most times people have blinders on and they're just thinking about I'm going to get my book published and it's going to change everything. And it's going to be amazing. And they have this like singular focus. So they're not thinking about the details or the business or what has to happen in order for them to even get there. And on your side of or, or, or done any due diligence. Well, sure. Sure. Oftentimes. And not that there's, I mean, we've talked about this before. The publishing industry has a, there's like a big kind of, curtain there's like a big shroud over the pub- publishing industry i feel where even people that are are studying about it or learning about it uh work in it still kind of don't understand exactly how things work uh, um, completely i don't even know how everything it, it, works <laughs> i mean it's right it's crazy right. but i do think it's a it's a fair it's a fair it would be a fair thing for someone to do who is interested in publishing a book to like maybe like hop on Google and just be like, how long do things take? You know, what is the process? Completely. And we, the reason we're kind of bringing this up today, we just had a very interesting 
client experience that is kind of representative of what happens if you don't do your due diligence. Because bad things can happen on either end when you are either an author and you are looking for someone to help you get your book out into the world, um, or you're the person hired to help the author. Ba- bad things can happen on on either side of the coin. And- well, and, and as a word of warning, I feel like this this is a cautionary tale too, just for... Uh, new authors or new writers who are signing with agents or managers. Yes. Uh, or or inking publishing deals, like because there we you know we have a situation which you know Rio you'll elaborate on because you you've been so close to it um, where a client of ours actually got taken advantage of. Yes. But there are situations where writers can be taken advantage of by individuals or organizations that are purporting to be quote unquote publishing houses or be quote unquote agents. So this is a ca- this is a cautionary tale and this is due diligence is the key. Like just make sure you do your homework. And this is also really important with like branding in general, because a lot of times, even though we are not publishers, we are not agents. We, we are not the people who are putting your books out into the world. We're kind of the conduit in order to get there. But I think a lot of people who don't understand anything about the publishing industry could look up our company and be like, oh, well, if I work with them, then I'm going to get published. And I would say to authors, when you are hiring like a book coach or an editor or someone like that, yes, you are going to pay for services. But if someone is claiming to be a literary agent or a publisher and they're asking you for money, you need to run. Um, Unless it's like some publishers, the hybrid publishers, things like that will, will charge you. But that is why you need to do your research. Don't be in such a hurry to get published that you get taken advantage of. Well, money up, money up front is such a major. It's it, it, like from from an agent, or particularly from an agent or representation. But that's that's absolutely so so true. And also, just in terms of what Rightway does and what we've encountered, and you know, you were just talking about like the idea of a service getting you published, like. I, be wary of that as well. I would say be wary of any organization that's like, or any service that's like, we're going to get you published. I really think that that is red flag promise. Forbes books. Um, I mean, I think that's what they're called. It's Forbes, but they have created a, a publishing imprint and people are paying like $80,000, $100,000 to get their books published with them, which is basically like self-publishing, but they're just slapping the name of Forbes on that. And so anytime you are going to spend money on something, whether it is editing, uh, paying for a book proposal, if you are going to pay to self-publish, you need to do the math and figure out how many books you need to sell, or if it's nonfiction, how many courses or speaking gigs you'd have to book in order to make that initial investment back. And if you don't think you can make it back times five, don't do it. I, I mean, I that's why I always caution people when they do our book proposal packages, the VIP package, it is pricey. It's a monthly retainer. It's a three-month engagement. And my hope and goal is that someone will always make that back and then some when they actually get a book deal or they're using their book to get, you know, other sources of revenue coming in. But I can't make that decision for someone. I can lay out the facts, lay out what we do, lay out how the process works. But sometimes there is a total disconnect in 
like with every single client, we go through the book proposal process. They'll get, they understand it, you know, by the end of it. But then we get to the actual pitching part and what comes next. Even though I've already gone all, over all of that, people are just like, they they don't understand how it works. And what does that mean when they get an agent and publisher? So we had a situation, kind of speaking of this, um, where I, so we're referral only, word of mouth only. So it's not unusual when people reach out to me, but I got a very ill-typed <laughs> email last year, like, um, God, probably in like September or something uh, from these two guys that I had never heard of asking, you know, like, we need a ghostwriter. Can you, you know, can you hop on the phone? And at first I thought it was spam because, again, when you when someone is reaching out and they're not spelling things correctly, the punctuation is incorrect. I'm like, oh, this is just junk. But they kept following up and they mentioned a very famous comedian um, that I, I'm familiar with, Joe is familiar with, um, and that they wanted this book kind of about him written. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I had a phone call and I got the immediate sense that these guys were not only not legitimate, but like, absolutely not. Do not, don't even, I, my gut was like, don't even take the phone call. Like this just isn't, isn't anything that I want to have something to do with. But they talked about an instance of one of our clients who is a adorable and we love her so much and they needed someone to write her story because she was married to this comedian and they needed a ghostwriter and what i didn't understand is their relationship to our you know to what would become our client like why were they reaching out why couldn't i talk to her what was really going on and so i'll skip over a lot of the details but we ended up coming up with a contract and I, you know, you and I, you know, we all agreed that we were going to ghostwrite this book. And (laughs) so these guys signed the contract and then immediately once they signed the contract, they started changing all the terms and how I would get paid. Um, At Rightway, we prefer to get payment up front. And I mean, you were just cautioning about that. But the reason we do that is because we've been doing this long enough that when people pay as they go, these projects can extend to a year or longer. Like it just, there's no incentive on either end. So we give a deadline and typically ask for it up front, especially with ghostwriting. That is not unusual to, to ask for payment in full or two thirds up front, a third upon delivery. And so they changed the game. And we're like, no, we're going to break it up. We're going to break it up into, they actually broke it up into fifths, um, which I was (laughs) not okay with. And they were late every single time. So I had to chase them for payments every single time. And so not to get too far into the weeds, but, you know, we were nearing the end of this project Um, We were supposed to finish it up in May and sent out the last invoice. And lo and behold, three months later, there it was like crickets. We we weren't getting paid. We hadn't heard from these guys. And long story, very short, these guys kind of scammed um, the per kind of kind of they it it, it was a scam. (laughs) So so they they were getting their money from someone else, and they used that money 
for their own devices. So they did not have anything left to pay us. And so fucking crazy. It's it happens all the time, but like we had a really weird feeling that something was going on. And so this is where it gets tricky when you are in the client services, you know, industry. It's important to have a lawyer. It's important to if you have to terminate a client, terminate a client. Make sure your contracts have legal clauses in there. And just really on both sides, no matter what side you are on, whether you are a client or you are someone providing services, that you have all of those things taken care of. And the big, the reason I even bring this up is these guys had kind of been going around saying that we were a publisher and that the book was coming out. And I explained to them at length how this whole thing works out. I was actually very truthful up front, like, hey, this is a lot of money and I'm not super confident this book will get published because, and then I gave them the reasons why, um, but they still wanted to do it anyway. And again, it's a it's an example of having blinders on and being like, no, you know, you can figure it out. You, 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 this is what you do. So we'll just let you take care of it. And then that puts, I think Joe and I, I can speak for both of us when I say a lot of this client work has become managing expectations, sometimes wildly unrealistic expectations. And it feels really hard sometimes when I have to talk about the realities of the publishing industry, not the strength of the proposal or the strength of an author's book, but the reality of getting published and how sometimes the timing's just not right or it's, it's, just it is what it is, unfortunately, and and there is a lot that's outside of our control in traditional publishing. But pe- I mean, most of it, most right? of it, yeah, most abs- absolutely. Outside. And I think there are two different sets of 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 expectations there. And I think this oftentimes happens in client work. This probably this probably happens with other client facing services like con- consulting or development services like ours that act as kind of an intermediary between client and industry is that there's a there's not only a misunderstanding uh, like uh, there's a, like un, unrealistic expectations about how long the industry takes but there's also the the uh, unrealistic expectations about how long the service takes as well oh so i, I yeah. you know i think i think it's worth noting that there there are two and and this is not to put put the the blame on anybody because i also think like particularly with an editing service i you know in freelance editing i face this kind of unrealistic expectation from agencies publishers, imprints, uh, any kind of my own, you know, organizational clients, uh, who are like, yeah, this, uh, this project should take about six hours. And I was really, uh, you know, I'm always like, okay, if you're going to say that it's going to take six hours, I'm only doing six hours of work. Like note that, you know? So I, I think there's two, those two sets of, of very unrealistic expectations. Although the, the expectations on the industry, um, are the ones that kind of reflect back on us the hardest, I find. Yes, and and I, I want to make a note about you and, and what you've had to deal with professionally is a little bit different than, than my set of services. So I do have a firm deadline. If you go over this three months, then you're going to have to pay. Like it's period, because I've had 
again, clients that just like take six months, seven months, eight months. I'm dealing with another client like that who just like fell off the face of the earth, ghosted me, have no idea what's going on. And they're out of scope at this point. And used to in the past, I would just do whatever I could to like get it out the door and kill myself. And I'm not doing that anymore because once we provide the service that someone has paid for, if they do not meet their end of the bargain, then we are not obligated to go further. And it's why I stopped working with fiction authors. And, you know, we love fiction writers. We are fiction writers. But you've had several instances where you have done a developmental edit for a set price, which means you only do a certain number of things. And I mean, you go way above and beyond. Like, you go through this book. I feel like you 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 go through several iterations. But you have had on countless occasions where, where a client, you'll do the developmental edit, It is up to the client to accept or reject those changes, to implement them. And then they will come back, wait for it, a year (laughs) later and be like, hey, I've done my rewrite. Like, can you read it again? Like, for free and and edit it. I mean, and that's not how it works. And the absolute lack of awareness for someone's time or, you know, the money spent. And I get it. Like, when you spend money... Of course, you you expect a service. Totally understand, yeah. But you can't expect a year later for the same contract. I've had, I have had a few clients where we pitched and pitched and pitched and pitched and no one was biting. And so that is when I always say you either need to like take a break, reassess, regroup, or go to plan B and self-publish or start to look into hybrids. But don't just have paid for this product and then just like sit there and never do anything with it. You have to have a plan B and C, I think. A hundred percent. And I I do think that goes back to due diligence. And I think there is the danger in our line of work, in our, in our, our client facing work where the, there, so certainly there's a misunderstanding about time. Like in those instances where a year later I've had clients come back and be like, I'm finished now. Um, and I get that. I get that, you know, a rewrite takes a long time, but I think there's a, a real lack of understanding about, you know, scope of work. And I, I, I know, again, also it's a lot of money. So I, I, I can understand wanting to like feel like you've gotten what you paid for. Um, but I think, again, that unrealistic expectation about the industry, because I, I do think, you know, we have those, we have clients, particularly... And maybe maybe a lot of the some of the nonfiction clients, but a lot of the fiction clients who are in the midst of either writing or or having me edit the manuscript, and they they've got a timetable in their head, uh, yes, or yes, or they're trying right. to like catch catch a trend, or they're trying to. Um, I don't know. Ha- you know, I I had a I had a. Uh, um, uh, a query call uh, a couple of months ago where um, individual had uh, was in the midst of writing a book um, that he wanted to have ready to sell at a certain public event that was in like right. 60 days. Right. And I was like, right, right. My, my and friend, yes, people will be like, that's not good, yeah. you know, it, and, and so I think when that doesn't happen, I think when they get to that point, you know, you know, we've, I've, we've had some instances with clients who like, 
they get done and they get the rewrite done and we set them up to get ready to query and we set them up with uh, query letters and we set the manuscript up to uh, to try to help get them an agent. And when they don't see the return, they 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 gauge that as the return on investment on their investment with us when when that right. part has nothing to do with us. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that because I do feel like a lot of people come to us because they're like, oh, well, you can get me an agent and you can get me a book deal because it, it, it has worked and it has happened so many times. It has happened. We, we have a high success rate. Yes. Actually. But fiction is, I mean, so wildly subjective that it, it is, we have not had a ton of success in that arena and I I we don't advertise that we do because people are paying I feel, feel like people are paying for the accountability to get a project done to get it as polished as possible but pitching I can have the best relationship on earth with an agent or editor and it doesn't matter what I do if they do not love the project if they can't see how to break it out amongst the millions of other books that are going to be coming out at the same time and they can't get their team on board and, you know, all the other stuff that goes into getting a book sold, then, I, I mean, again, I we can present the most perfect package, but if they're not feeling it, there is nothing we can do about it. We can help you get your foot in the door by sending the query letter to people we know. So they will say, hey, I loved this, but this is, it's not right. And this is why. Because a lot of people just get form rejection letters and all of that. But for instance, I just got an inquiry from someone who, again, and this is like so huge. If you're writing a nonfiction book, they're like, I've already written the book. The book is done. And I just need someone to pitch me to an agent or, or you know, an editor. And I will say it every way that I can. And people just don't get it where they don't care if your book is written. You need to have a book proposal. I don't care. I mean, and so, and then, the you know, always in our intake forms, there's like, well, I'll pay like 500 bucks for that or $2,000 for that. And I'm like, well, then that's great. Like, go Google it and, and put that together yourself. But people think that like, oh, well, I've done the book. So you just make the intro and then... I'll just get the book deal. And, and then we're good, right? And then we're good. And so, you know, I don't even like, I don't like people to pay for that service of, of the query letter. And like, I have, I have edited more query letters for free than I can count. I have sent more intros for free because I mean, newsflash, like getting published, it, it absolutely is about relationships, but it's also about sending emails. Quite frankly, it's about doing your work to make sure that this person could be a fit for you and then sending a really good pitch. But it, it it's like an email communication. So I've always felt really weird about charging for that, which is why it's not a separate service. It's always like baked into what we do. But I think the whole point here of, of what we're talking about today is not a, a bitch session. It's just like, if you want to write a book, publish a book, be in this world, it is up to you to understand how this world works, to do your homework, to do your due diligence, to talk to people, to absorb absolutely everything you can and, and make sure you understand what's right for you. If you want to spend money, if so, how much, what your expectations are, you need to talk through all of that with all parties involved so everyone is on the same page. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, I told a potential client uh, last month. I said, you know, go look at some other services, price yes. some other services. Of course, like, we're, we're premium. Well, I, we're premium, and we're not. We're certainly not the only game in town. And I think, like in large part, you know, I think your your advice to like once you get to know it, like real, like real quick, like have that plan B. Always have the plan B, but also like. This isn't just a marathon. This is like several oh, marathons. Ultra marathon. Like one <laughs> after another. So like yes. be prepared for that. It's not a, it's not a month, it's not a week or a month game. It's a year or a decade game. And I can't I just want to say so we've had so many clients who've worked with us. They've been great. They get the agent, they get the book deal. It's so exciting. And so many of them realize like, oh shit, now I have to write the book and are struggling. They are met with imposter syndrome. They're freaking out about deadlines. And they also don't, unless they hire us, like they're on their own with their team. And and we really try to prep them for like what to expect and what's to come. But just because you get a publishing deal, I mean, that is when the real work starts, when you get into promotion, selling, all of that. And one thing I would love to know for, for people who are listening is like, what part of this publishing industry do you still not understand? Like, where does it get tricky for you? What aren't you clear on? Because we'd be happy to, you know, kind of dive in a little bit more and, and talk about those things. If you've got specific questions uh, pertaining please email us at podcast at rightwayco.com. We will answer you. We will. Um, and then, and you don't even have to pay for that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and uh, good luck writing out there, you guys. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.